Father God, we thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are and all you do. We glorify your your good name today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, we just just consider it an honor to come and join with our brothers and sisters in Christ, singing praises to you today. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So good to see you smiling faces this morning. I want y'all to know that I am a very patient man. I am patient with everything except for waiting. The waiting part I struggle with, but uh, with everything else I'm good. Sometimes I'm not a good waiter. I struggle with uh, timing issues. I want God to match my timing, amen? And uh, I seem to be an expert in my own timing until he shows me otherwise. <laughs> but sometimes we, we struggle with waiting, don't we? Uh, I want to I comfort us in our struggles today and reminding us we're not the only ones. That all throughout history we've seen uh, struggles uh, with those who were wanting God to move in their timing and he doesn't move in their timing because his is perfect timing. Amen. If he were to move in my timing, we'd be out of time. Y'all know it's an issue, right? I mean, even in your vehicle, you have, you have to have that thing in time. Even in your body, this vehicle, you have to have that thing in time. And when you get your heart out of rhythm, out of time, someone has to shock you, get it back in rhythm again. And, and so my greatest failures, and there's been many, but my greatest failures in ministry is when I got out of timing. When I wanted to move ahead, ahead of God, and make something happen before he was ready for it to happen. Yeah, we, we, we can either live by faith or by finagling. <laughs> and finagling seems to lead to failure. And so I would rather do things in his perfect timing. Don't you know the nation of Israel were tired of waiting? You ever just been tired of waiting? I mean, like when the wife's in the grocery store or Walmart, and you're just tired of waiting. Hey, have you ever seen those? Oh, I messed up. I'd already started it. Now I got to finish it. You may be one of those guys at the door at Walmart, sitting on the bench, waiting on your wife. You know what I've considered that's going on there? They have just given up. They just, they just, they just said, this is my life. And they just sit there on the bench. <laughs> Waiting. I st- I st- I'm not there yet, brother. I ain't there. I'm not there yet. But the nation of Israel have been waiting on God for a long time. If you, we're not going to go there, but in Genesis chapter 3, if you remember when, when Adam and Eve sinned and failed, Satan had come in the form of a serpent and tempted, and tempted Eve. Then the whole thing goes, you remember, in chapter 3, God comes to, to Adam and says, uh, there's going to be a curse upon the land, curse upon you. Comes to Eve, curse. But he comes to the serpent and he says, there's a curse upon you, and the seed of woman will one day come and crush your head. Amen. You're going to bruise his heel as a reference to the death of, of Jesus Christ, but that death would end up in victory and Satan would have his head crushed by Jesus Christ. Amen. And so from the very first human beings, God has promised them a Messiah and they've been waiting 
And I'm, I'm just imagining my kind of waiting, like, let's get this thing going. Let, let's get Satan under our feet now. Let's just go ahead and get this victory won now. But it, it doesn't happen instantly. In fact, it takes many, many, many years. And through much conflict and much chaos and much oppression, the nation of Israel continues looking for their Messiah. And, and we could go over all the scriptures about the coming Messiah, but we'd be here all day. There's so many scriptures about the Messiah who is to come, and, and they're, they're looking for it. In fact, it, when Jesus was walking on the road to Mass, he was able to show his disciples that were walking with him on that road all of the scriptures concerning him. And this was a long walk. There's so many Old Testament passages concerning Jesus, and yet they've been waiting, and he hadn't been coming in their timing. And I want you to just come back, dial back into your memory who all of the conflicts have been with. They've, they've had conflict with the, the Canaanites and all the, the different people groups that were in the Canaan land, the promised land. They were one after the other, one country after the other, bringing oppression against the Israelites. And, and God says, but there's coming a Messiah. Was coming a Messiah, and then there was the uh, the Assyrians, and they come in and take out the ten northern tribes of Israel, and God. But there's coming a Messiah, and and then there was the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the Babylonians, and and there's this promise the Messiah is coming. In the book of Joshua, chapter nine, we're giving a prophetic scripture, and when you're reading prophetic scripture, oftentimes it is spoken spoken in the present tense, not future tense. Because uh, the prophet is speaking as if they're seeing it in that moment. So if you look in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. We know this scripture. We know it comes at Christmas time because it's, it's talking about the Messiah coming in the form of a child. But they've been waiting for a long time. In fact, from the time that Isaiah tells this, this prophetic scripture until he actually does come is, guess how many? 700 years. 700 years. Now, me, numbers kind of escape me sometimes and I have a little hard time grasping the, the the greatness of these numbers so 700 years that's a long time let me help you uh yeah the first service didn't get this one because i had to go over there and do the math between services do you know how many generations pass in 700 years on the conservative level about 35 generations let me help you with that this would be your great, 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 that's 28, great, 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 great grandparents. That's a long time. That's just since Isaiah said it. Since Isaiah said it, 35 generations. If I go back four generations in my family our family is one of the oldest families in Henderson County there's a book about the grand family in Henderson County our family go back four generations my great-great-grandfather my father my grandfather my great-grandfather my great-great-grandfather you know where we are at that time period civil war four generations 
And there's 35 generations from the time Isaiah says there's a child coming. He's going to be the Messiah of this country. 35 generations. You reckon they got tired of waiting? You reckon they, they, they finally said, he ain't coming? Now, I would imagine there's some who have now given up hope on the coming of the Messiah. He's not coming. I, my grandparents used to talk about it. My great-grandparents, I've never met my great-grandparents, but, but can you imagine someone saying, he ain't coming? We heard about that a long time ago. Well, let's go back to when God told Adam and Eve. I'm not going to do the math on that one, by the way. You're welcome. Uh, it has been about 4,000 years. We're looking at 700 years from Isaiah 9 till the Gospel of Matthew. About 700 years. But from the time God says there will be a Messiah will come and stomp the head of this serpent devil. It's about 4,000 years. Can you imagine? They say, he ain't coming. He ain't coming. We're, we're tired of waiting. I, I just want you to know that, that sometimes when we're in the midst of our waiting, sometimes it, it just feels like God's not coming through for me. Can I just help you to understand? Oh, he is. He's just getting things lined up. Amen. He's getting things in alignment. So when it comes to uh, our lives, we often talk about being in alignment with God. So there, in our physical bodies, there is alignment, isn't there? And if, if, if you're out of alignment, you're all jacked up. You got to go to the chiropractor, get him cracky a little bit, get you back in alignment. Out of alignment and out of timing. And in our spiritual lives, it can be exactly that same thing. We're out of alignment with God, out of timing. But God is putting things back into place so that in the perfect timing, he moves and he moves mightily. Amen. Amen. Well, let's finish the passage. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. It's a big word. Big as in powerful, mighty word. The kingdom of the Messiah. The Bible says in verse 6, unto us a child is born. And this child, who will be, be, he will be born on his shoulders. The government will rest upon his shoulders. Well, what government? There's a bunch of governments in this world. It's the government, the kingdom of God. Will rest upon the shoulders of a child. Well, obviously, as the scriptures tell us, Jesus would grow in stature and in favor with God and men. And he would grow and, and he would increase the kingdom. And he would increase the kingdom by using kingdom-minded people. Those who have actually been waiting on the Lord. Let's go back to verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. That's what they've been wanting. They've been wanting his peace. They've been wanting his judgment. They've been wanting his justice. That's what they've been waiting for. And so to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Praise God. Now he has a plan. But in the times of waiting, he was also preparing them by showing them so many scriptures. I'm not going to read them all. I'm just going to tell you. He has given scripture after scripture after scripture saying, number one, this is the tribe that this one will come from. We know that we come from the tribe of Judah. 
And then it comes to this past scripture. This is the family that will come from. The family of David. We've told, been told that he will be born in Bethlehem. But he will be from a region called Nazareth. All of these clues will help us not to miss him when he comes. Amen? You don't want to miss him. You've been waiting a while. <laughs> You've been waiting for about 4,000 years. You know, a little while. You don't want to miss him when he comes. And so we've been given all of these clues. Let's look in chapter 11 of Isaiah real quick. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. This is the father of David. This is the lineage that he would come from. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon it. I got to back up. Back to verse 1. There, sh there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. When you see a capitalized word, just know it's referring to somebody of significance. This is referring to Jesus. Amen. The word branch is actually a word netzret, and it is the, the image of a, of a shoot that is springing, that is sprouting out of the base. And the word that we now use, you, you, you don't care about netzret, but you know the word that, we, that comes from that word, and that's the word Nazareth. And even though Jesus was born in the city of David in Bethlehem, he was raised in a city called Nazareth. And you can go there with me in the, in the spring, but this, this is such an awesome passage, uh, passage that is giving us picture after picture of this is the Messiah that will come. Verse 2, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor." and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. They're like, yes, him, we want him. That's the one. That's the one we're waiting for. And yet from the time Isaiah said that, 700 years, 35 generations. And I get frustrated for 30 minutes waiting on the wife in Walmart. <laughs> I want to give you some warnings regarding waiting. Warnings regarding waiting. There were, there were religious groupings there in the nation of Israel. Some called Pharisees, some called Sadducees, some called Essenes. And these religious groupings, they had their idea of what he was going to look like, the Messiah, when he came. And so uh, here's a, a warning regarding waiting. Don't let your expectation be built from imagination and cause you to miss God. Don't let your, let's, I'm going to say it again, I want you to listen fast. Don't let your expectation be built on imagination and you miss God. There were these people's groups and they, they, they were religious groups and they would come and, and they would just speculate on what this Messiah was going to be like and what this Messiah was going to do. And there he was right in their face and they missed him. I got a call, uh, I think it was yesterday, from someone in Amarillo we visited for a while. They said, yeah, we've heard of Sand Springs Church. It's a long way to Amarillo though. They said, we've heard there's a, a real move of the Holy Spirit at Sand Springs Church. Amen. Amen. I said, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, there really has been. But you know what? There's been people sitting right in the middle of it and missed it. I'm telling you the truth. 
And if you can't say amen, say oh me. But there's been people sit right in the middle of the move of God and totally missed it. Why? Because their expectation was built on imagination. They thought he would do this and this and that. And this is the way God works. And he only works in that way. And then when he didn't do the way they thought he was going to do, they missed God. Little warning about waiting. So when he didn't come how they thought he would come, they missed it. There's another one. When he didn't come when they thought he would come, they missed it. When, when God doesn't show up just as the way we designed for him to, and he didn't fit our agenda the way we want him to, could it be that he's actually coming around a different avenue and you just completely missed it? Or maybe he didn't do it right when you asked for him to, but he was getting things in alignment and we completely missed it. We, we must be careful to continue to wait on the Lord, but don't go wandering during your, wait, during your waiting. Amen? When the nation of Israel has now been rescued out of Egypt and they're traveling up to Mount Sinai, Moses goes up on Mount Sinai and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. And they said, we don't know what's happened with this Moses guy. Uh, now, you need to be remembering, these are the very same people who a few weeks before have seen God do amazing things. They saw God turn uh, water into blood. They saw God bring pestilence. They saw big flaming hailstones. That's crazy. It's either ice or fire. It can't be both. Flaming hailstones falling out of the sky they, they seen God do and, and we would look at the the the, the uh, plagues but don't just look at the plagues look at the miracle how they just went just like that when he said so they have seen God work in amazing ways but here they are they're sitting at the base at, there's this mountain where Moses goes up into this presence of the Lord and they're like tired of waiting and what do they do they said we're going to go back to what we used to do we know what God looks like. He looks like a golden calf. We've been worshiping him all of our lives. So Eric, build us a calf. We'll worship God the way we. Because the easiest thing to do, what you've always been doing. I need you to marinate on that for a second. Some of us, God is calling us to change our lives, to take a different route, to, to do something maybe that you weren't expecting. Maybe you hadn't dreamed this thing up this way, but he's calling you to reroute your direction to get in alignment with him. But the easiest thing to do is what I've always been doing. And when he don't show up and when I wanted him to show up, I'm going to go back to doing what I've always done. That's what the nation of Israel did. They went back to worshiping golden calves because that's the way they did it in Egypt. Even though they're out of Egypt, Egypt isn't out of them yet. And so be careful that you don't go wandering during your waiting, doing your waiting because he didn't show up when you wanted him to. Be careful that you don't miss him because he didn't show up how you wanted him to. And then finally, please don't spiritualize your rebellion. See, we can get real spiritual and say, oh, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Do you know when waiting is wrong? When you know that his word is go. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. When you know that his word is go and you continue to say, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. Now your waiting is rebellion and not obedience. Amen. Or oh me, which one? <laughs> you see, when, when, when God says, I want you to go, you therefore, into all the earth. 
Making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you know what he first said before he said Rome, uh, Matthew 28 and verse 19? That's 28 19. Go. Do you know what he said before he said verse 19? It's crazy enough, but it's verse 18. Proceeds 19. <laughs> in verse 18, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Verse 19, go ye therefore into all the earth. Everybody got it? Everybody with me? So if it's by his authority that he tells us to go, then by whose authority do you say no? If he says go under the authority above all things in heaven and all things on earth, by authority, I'm telling you, go. And then he follows it up with, lo, I will be with you always. But if you don't go, you don't get to loaf. <laughs> Amen. He said, when you go, I'm going with you. You are co-missioned. You and I are doing this mission together. And here's what the Bible says. The Lord Jesus tells us that signs and wonders will follow us. They will follow us. You don't follow them. They'll follow you. But do you know that nothing follows anything when you're sitting still? Think on that for a second. This is deep philosophy right here. I mean, just, this is genius right here. Do you know that while I'm standing here, that is not following me? Why? Because I ain't going anywhere. We're just sitting here together. Let's say that's a person. If we're just sitting here together, nobody's following anybody. You got to be going before anything follows you. If we ever have been expecting God to work out in a particular manner or whatever, your spiritual upbringing taught you he would do and he doesn't do it exactly how you wanted him to do and you're sitting there waiting on him to do it that way so that you can follow that he said i'm not asking you to follow that i'm asking you to follow my command and as you follow my command there will be things that follow you as you move forward in obedience but we can spiritualize disobedience and say no, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Oh, you sound so pious and wise and spiritual. You little reprobate. <laughs> that I'm not, I'm not moving until God moves. Oh, that sounds awesome. But he's already told you to move. He's already said that his kingdom would go forth with us as we're going forth. This came to me in the first service. I, while I was preaching, I thought, this is, a, this is a neat occurrence. Has it ever occurred to you that the activity of God just coincidentally seems to always be around those who are most active for God? <laughs> Marinate on that for a second. I'll give you one second. Think of it again. The activity of God always just seems to, by coincidence, be around people who are most active for God. He said, but I thought we were supposed to be waiting. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up as wings they, on the wings as eagles. eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I thought we were supposed to waiting, be waiting. But when you go to the restaurant after church today, when that person who is called to be serving you, if they were just to sit across from you, just what are you doing over there 
Waiting. Waiting for what? Just waiting. But what are you supposed to be doing? Well, it's supposed to be bringing your food, bringing your drink. It's supposed to be, I'll get paid to do those things, but, but I, I want to move when you move. I'm going to wait. Well, I'm to be waiting on the Lord that his slightest hint, his slightest suggestion, I say, God, I'm moving. You want me to pray for them today, for their healing? Absolutely. Lord, would you allow me to be a part of their deliverance? Would you allow me to be a part of their salvation? Would you allow me? Can can I do that? You think he's going to say, nah. Nah, because he's already told you to do it. And those who are going and, and, and spreading this kingdom, it just seems to be coincidentally that those are the ones that actually experience the power of God. So in your waiting, don't wonder. In your waiting, don't spiritualize rebellion and say, no, I'm just going to sit here till God moves. I'm just going to sit here to do something till God does something. So I'm going to, I got to hurry. It's at this time of the year, it comes fresh in my mind every year this time. I wish I had brought my little Bible. I'll bring it to the next service if y'all want to come back for this again. It's the little Gideon Bible I got during the time of the army. And uh, I'm sitting in the deer stand with Caleb when he was a little guy. And uh, we're just sitting out there and I'm reading the Bible. And then my prayer is, Lord, pour out on me. Pour out on me. Lord, pour out on me. I I remember those in the scriptures who who used, used mightily. I remember those in church history who used amazing ways. Lord, would you pour out on me like you poured out on them? And I'm reading through the Proverbs. Now I get to this passage of scripture. He says, there are those who water and then ourselves, they are, let me say that again. There are those who water and they themselves are watered. The generous soul will be made prosperous. I'm like, poof. Blew up in my understanding. The, the Spirit of God just moved in that passage of Scripture. During the middle of my prayer, as I'm reading and praying, God says, when you move, I'll move. When you pour out, I'll pour in. Don't be waiting on me to do something when I've already commanded you to do something. See, I, I come and refill what you pour out. But Lord, I'm just waiting on you. Be careful to not be rebellious in your waiting. I get asked often, uh, where are we with this new building? Dan Springs, we're going to build this new building. Where are we with this new building? Where are we? I'll tell you where we are. We're waiting. I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. Let me just kind of break it down real specifically for you. We had a contract on that corner, and the people extended the contract, and they get right up to closing day, and they dropped the contract. You want to just, we've been waiting for you. And then they drop the contract and the bank says, well, you need that land under contract before we're going to loan you money for the new property. And like, oh, okay. But you know what I had finally come to the conclusion of? God is causing us to wait. Why? Because he is getting things in alignment and timing during the waiting. And I don't know why, but I have some suspicions as to why. But he's causing things to come about and in just the right time he'll bring his will to pass i want you to turn with me galatians chapter 4 galatians chapter 4 while you're 
Looking up Galatians 4, I'm going to read one more time. Isaiah 9, 6. And it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. When the fullness of time had come, when it was just the right time. Oh, they're sick of waiting. In fact, they have not heard from God for 400 years. From Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, to Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, was 400 years. They have not heard from God for 400 years. God, do you even care anymore? Do you even know we exist anymore? We've not heard from you in 400 years. Do you know the, I, I did this math earlier, and uh, the Lord's, I think, he's, he's redeeming things. He redeems things all the time. I'm starting to remember numbers better. Do you know how old our nation is? 246 years old. To think all the way back to the time of George Washington, it's only been 246 years. Do you know what all has transpired in 246 years? But they have not heard from God for 400 years until John the Baptist comes on the scene. John the Baptist is the one who is preparing them to receive the Messiah. And those who were waiting, those who were in tune with God, those who were, they they had with anticipation and expectation been trying to stay sensitive to God. When they saw the activity of God, they, they didn't miss him. They didn't miss him. There are so many who God can be just right in our midst and they miss it. But let me go back to Galatians 4, 4 again. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem. He is a redeeming God. Amen. I circled redeemed. He is redeemed. There's so many things that God has redeemed in my life. It blows my mind. Things that I thought were forever lost. Things that I thought that I've I've blown it and it'll never be recovered. And God has redeemed them. Even relationships, I thought, there's no hope with that one anymore. He's redeemed. God is a redeeming God for those who are waiting, watching for him. To redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. When the time was just right, God came. The the Messiah came. But I want to tell you something. He has come. Amen? They were waiting. We're not. We're not. They were waiting for him to come. You were born in a time in which he has come. And then when Jesus was crucified, was resurrected, he told his disciples, you go back and you wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But guess what happened? He came. And we ain't waiting no more. We no longer have to wait for the Messiah to come. We don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. We don't have to wait for the kingdom of God to come. It has come. Amen? And now if you continue to wait with arms folded and just sitting on your blessed assurance, if you just continue to wait, you could miss God. 
Because even though God has moved among us, some have missed it. Why? Oh, well, I'm just so spiritual that I'm waiting on God. I would, I would never get ahead of God, brother. Bless your heart, I do all the time. But then he calls me back with his grace and his goodness, and he said, hey, when you are waiting for me, you worship and wait, you want and wait, wait with expectation, but you wait with a heart tuned to my heart. Yes, Lord. You just say go. Because I'm ready for you to just whisper what you want me to do. Isn't it awesome that the activity of God seems to just coincidentally be around people who are most active for God? Why? Because they're waiting for him. Or a better way to say it is they're waiting on him. Or they are his waiter. (laughs) They're his waiter. Can I do anything for you, Lord? Yes, you can do much for me. We're building this kingdom in Athens, Texas. We're building this kingdom in Henderson County. Can I, can I do this, Lord? Absolutely, you go for it. Can I, can I tell them about Jesus? Oh, let me think. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Father God, we struggle sometimes with the waiting. But sometimes I have to ask myself, what are we waiting for? We do know that there are times in which you are so strategic that when we're sensitive to your direction, we're sensitive to your whisper, we're sensitive to your will, we know your heart, we're harmonized with your heart, that, that, that we are in anticipation waiting for you to say, do it. Say it, speak it. But we have a whole lot of stuff in the scriptures that we've been told, you don't have to ask me about that one. Do it. Go. Preach the gospel. Restore sight to the blind. Set captive those who are, set free those who are captive. Bind up the brokenhearted. Go. Do it. Let them know that there's a good and loving God that wants to rescue them and redeem them. Let them know that. Do it. When you do it, you're going to see my activity all around you everywhere Lord I pray that you would motivate and activate your children this morning we would be about our father's business thank you Lord Jesus Amen